Welcome to the Adoption Today podcast. I'm Carrie Wilds. I'm Karen Lear. We do real talk on adoption and this journey called parenting. Welcome to episode three of Adoption Today. And today, Karen and I are going to actually talk a little bit more in depth about our adoption stories and um, kind of the path that we took to get to where we are now. Right. So let's talk initially about actually the very beginning. Like, how did you guys get started in the process that you were on? Yeah, I think when we got married, we knew that we wanted to have children. Um, We obviously talked about that before getting married. And we never talked about how we were going to have children because... Uh, we just assumed that we would do like everybody else does and get pregnant and that would be what we did. So I think it was kind of a tough road at the very beginning of getting to adoption for us because we we were kind of at odds because Scott thought, well, we're doing this, you know, let's go down the road of of um, IVF and IUI and infertility treatments and I was like well I'll do that for a while but it became very draining financially I mean the tens of thousands of dollars that we spent on that and you don't get any you, you don't get anything back so to me it was draining financially emotionally physically it's very demanding to be in the doctor's office all the time and he wanted to kind of keep going down that road for a while and I was like I'm done no more of that I've had it with that um so that was a tough point for us because it wasn't that we didn't love each other it wasn't that we didn't want to have a baby together it was that we couldn't get on the same page about how does this baby come into our life and I don't think that when you get married you think about that you just think we're going to have a baby we agree awesome so you know it took us when I was saying earlier we took kind of a year off about trying to get pregnant um during that year, we traveled a bunch together. We just kind of got back into a, a groove with each other because it does take a lot out of you oh, as a couple. Sure. And it was a very draining experience um, for, for both of us. So we took that year. We got on the same page. He actually finally came to me and was like, I'm ready to do it. I've done research and I want to adopt. And then we met with our friends um, who, like I said, I grew up with, and they have two children through adoption. And I think for him, that was an awesome turning point because he saw it in action. We didn't know anybody else who had adopted. My cousin is adopted, but she did, She was adopted quite a while ago. She's um, older than I am, and so she had no connection with her birth family, and it wasn't really talked about in our family. It was just like, yeah, Diane's adopted, but that was it. So I didn't really know much about it. He, he didn't know anything about adoption. So having friends who had adopted was what helped us pick, okay, we're going to drop this whole infertility stuff because like I had said, we just wanted a baby and a family and let's just go down that road. Yeah. So and I think that's, that's I think that's so true is like the connection that you have to other people is so important in actually helping you get on yeah. that path and get going. I know for us it was the same. And a lot of people, you know, that I talk to, they're like, oh, you know, I think we're going to do it. But it's a lot of like, you know, making that actual decision. But in that process, talking to other people who've already done it. 
there's fear there. Yeah. And I think that that's okay. I think it's acceptable. I mean, it's, it's normal to be afraid. It's a scary thing. There's so much unknown that you just, you can't control and you can't plan for it. So I think for, especially for a guy, um, it's hard to wrap your head around exactly what, uh, what that looks like until you kind of see it in action. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So definitely. that, that, that was our turning point. Um, but I know you had a moment. Yeah. Ours is <laughs> totally different, which I love I know. That well, about that's us <laughs> that ours is totally different. So I have always wanted to adopt. And so when David and I got married, our agreement was, Oh, we would try to have one. And then we would also adopt. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we both switched careers. We built a house. Um, we did a lot of things and waited a long time just because our life, you know, we just weren't ready. And then, um, my husband worked for Watoto Childcare Ministries, which is actually an amazing organization. Um, headquarters happens to be in Tampa. And so he had to go to California for a Christian Alliance for Orphans conference for work. Oh. And um, I didn't really know what he was going out there for, but we have friends who live in California. And, and so, you were like, hey, California, yeah, I was I'm like, going. California, <laughs> let's go see Barbara and Jason, if you guys are listening. But um, that is the trip that we went out there to see our friends. And so I got there the day before the conference was over, and um, I was like, oh, I'm here. I might as well like check out one of the workshops or something. And so I went to the... They had a workshop that was on foster, adopting from the foster system. Wow. And I went to it. He didn't go to it because he was working. And I was like, we are doing this. <laughs> and so then I talked to him about it after. And we literally went and talked to every single organization related to adoption that was there. Wow. Um, and that was like when he was like fully on board and like, yep let's do this. And so then same with us, um, very good friends of ours were foster parents. And I, you know, you hear about all these kids in the foster system and people, you know, kids that need homes and whatever. So that's the route that we decided to go because we had friends who were like, yep, this is what we've been doing. This is how you get started. You have to go to orientation and get licensed and all those things. So, so they can't um, help guide you exactly through that. I think you need that. Yeah, because otherwise it's it's you could never get started because it's not easy. There's nobody saying step one, go do right. this kind of thing. So for us, that was when we both came together and decided this is what you know we're definitely gonna do. And we did go to Australia in between oh. before we started. <laughs> one last trip. It was our. It was our. Kind of baby, like a baby move. Not really, sure. because I wasn't pregnant. But, but um, you know, so once once that happened, he was on board, and we jumped in, and we started taking the classes, mm-hmm. and you know, doing all the things that we needed to get started. And we were talking about this a little bit before, but every organization that we talked to. Um, was always like, oh, good luck on your journey. Like every single one. I'm like, why are they? Why do they keep saying that? Like, what are they talking about? Right. And when you actually go through it, it is a journey. Like, it's definitely not just like, oh, I'm gonna do this. Like, it's a journey with yeah. a lot of different, you know, paths that you can take, and they're mostly pretty narrow because not a lot of people take them. They are, and I think you have to be open to different outcomes of what you started originally to think about. We originally said, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to do a closed adoption. We, we knew we wanted that. That's what we were going to do. We weren't open to anything else, and we were going to go um, domestic versus international only because um, I had read 
couple different blogs and different things about couples who had hit walls, you know, because of bureaucracy or red tape or just corruption or whatever. And I thought, oh, I can't. I couldn't manage that. That would just, no. I need a certain outcome here that like, I can be able to say, at the end of this, you will have a kid somehow. So, but it's funny because speaking of outcomes, we thought, well, we're just going to do a closed adoption. And our agency said, okay, that's, that's really limiting you because most people are not doing that anymore. And so then we had to kind of, once again, like you said, it's a journey. You take a step forward, you take a step back. And we thought, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe it's not right because how does that look? And then we thought, you know what, we're being, we're basing all of these decisions out of fear. So maybe we should stop doing that Yeah, and just have faith. And I think you have to, you have to have some of that in order to take this trip, this journey. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think that's a good point because kind of that it's a, you know, it's to us, it's like a normal term, but closed adoption versus open adoption Mm -hmm. is, um, you know, very different. And a lot of people have a lot of fears around that. And basically kind of the definition, I like definitions, um, of an open adoption is that you know, the birth parents, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes the mom and the dad is involved. Sometimes you don't know who the dad is. Like our girls, we don't know, um, who the birth dads are, but we know the moms and it's, it's kind of a joint, you know, discussion and agreement. Mm -hmm. But once you finalize, with an open adoption, there's no law no. or agreement or visitation. They can't come and get the child back. No. So I think that's there's it's some not co-parenting. Exactly. Some people are confused. I was confused about that. Too. Right. Right. I think that's that's kind of some information that whenever I know whenever people ask me about it, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, so they could never come back, you know, in ten years and be like, oh, I'm stable or I'm doing well now. Like I can, you know, I want to go ahead and you know change yeah, my mind. Yeah. Like that's not that's not a thing. So. Open adoption is really just, you know, having, you can have conversations Mm -hmm. like, and now open adoption is such a big thing and it's what most, um, most agencies really recommend anyway, unless it's like the birth mom's choice to have a closed adoption, just because psychologically as kids grow up, it's better for them to know like, who do they look like? Um, you know, like people, you know, like who are their family members? Like what's their story? So you know, there's this void in all of their story yeah. if it's not open. And so it's, it's, you can set it up as the adoptive parents, whatever you're comfortable with and right. what is the most healthy thing versus like when we were kids, like, you know, I have friends who it was closed adoption. They had no clue mm-hmm. about anything until they were like 21. Right. And that's just like not really a thing anymore. It's not. And I think that's an important point because it has to do, our relationship with Bethany, Cal's birth mom, has really been built on trust from both sides. We've both had to come through on different things. I mean, we could have, it, it would have been wrong morally, but we could have legally taken the baby out of the hospital and said bye and mm-hmm. never contacted her again. I think we owed her pictures for the first year per the terms of the agreement, but she had no idea that we were going to actually, we said, you know, we'd like a relationship with you because we had started um, communicating with her, um, but we we could have just walked away um, and we didn't. And I think that that is something that you just have to decide what you're comfortable with. How much do you want to share? Because mm-hmm. sometimes it might just be pictures. It might just be cards. Sometimes, like you said, the birth mothers may not, they don't maybe want to get. That. Right. They want to kind of close that door and move on. But if they don't, it's such a nice thing for everybody, especially for the child. And I think that's what everybody should be doing it for. 
is what's in the best interest of the child to know how many people love him, my gosh, or love them. What a great thing to have. Yeah, no, definitely. And same with ours, like Everly's birth mom, we, you know, she comes, we invite her to Evie's birthday parties and we see her Mm -hmm. at Christmas and we're, we're actually Facebook friends because she's doing really well. And kind of our agreement was like, you know, if you're making good choices and doing well, like you're essentially like a part of our family, of course, you know? So as years go on, like Evie's, Evie's very, if y'all have seen pictures of her, she's very unique and beautiful looking and she looks just like Kayla. So I think for her, that's going to be really great for her to be able to identify and be like, yeah, Yes, she look. You know, like I look like her. It's something grounding that they don't have to go out and look for and search for and spend time agonizing over. Well, who am I? Where did I come from? You're like, this is it. It's all right here. This is who you came from, and this is, you know, who you are. Um, and we've kept her in your life for this reason. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think kind of like back to a little bit back to the journey. Like you guys, mm-hmm. you know, started on a path, and that's what you stayed on. For us, right. we didn't. You got, de- you got derailed. <laughs> no, we got derailed, which will be a whole other episode. Yeah, but um, traumatic. Exactly. So through through you know that conference and you know friends and what we decided to do on the journey is to start by becoming foster parents, um, which is where you can you know potentially adopt. But when you're a foster parent, the entire goal is reunification. So right. it might be adoption, or there's a good chance it might not be as well and so that's the path that we started on um which took us in a totally different direction of doing and we ended up doing private adoption just because you know the it just happened that way and the you know the opportunities with um maddie and evie when they were um you know the birth moms were pregnant kind of just came to us so yeah you know we were we fostered had one foster placement which i'll go into that in a different episode but um, you know, very shortly after she left, we had the opportunity to adopt Maddie. And then very shortly after Maddie was born, we had another opportunity just presented to us to adopt Everly. So I didn't, like for me, I was kind of against private adoption because I was like, there's so many kids in the foster care system. Mm-hmm. Like I want to adopt siblings. And in the end, that just wasn't what we were supposed to do. Yeah. You know, so it took, it took a turn. So that's why I think the journey part is you know really important because I think I actually think the most important thing is start doing something like you know take a step to do something and then see where it takes you I think you just have to keep taking the next step and the the thing and I told a friend of mine who recently adopted um, because we were talking about all the things that you have to do and there are moments when you get kind of freaked out sometimes and I said, just keep taking that next step and see what happens. Because you can, usually right up until like the very end, if you want to, you can say, you know what, the situation is not feeling right to me. And we've known people who've done that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, and, and that has happened. And, and you have, so it's kind of like you're taking, you're walking forward in this, but you also have, you do have the ability to say something doesn't feel right and I'm, I'm, I'm out on this. I mean, you might lose money and you might, it might be traumatic, but you potentially could do that if you wanted to yeah so for you guys from when you started Mm -hmm. working on your paperwork yeah how long did that take to when you got matched so we started in January so it was like new year new resolution we're doing it let's go so we started in January we connected with the agency and in April they sent us a um they sent us a portfolio um, not portfolio. They sent us information about a birth mother, and um, 
I was like, man, this all sounds really good. I don't know. I don't know. Like, what should we do? And Scott said, I like it. So then you basically, we submitted and we'll get into the steps of this, but submitted our portfolio to her and she picked us. The very so that first was fast. one. It, she picked us in April, and he was born in. Well, his due date was July fifth, but he was actually born the end of June. So we were like, it, it literally was. Once we met them, we flew down to Tampa to meet Bethany and her mom. The end of April, we had two months ish to get oh, everything wow. ready. Yeah, and meanwhile, finish all the paperwork and stuff because that that goes on. That process continues. Right. So, um, it was a. Everybody said, be prepared for a year wait, and we were. Everybody was like, you know, even, you know, if you're having a baby, biologically, it's nine months mm-hmm. that you know, or at least, you know, have some idea, but we were like, oh, we got plenty of time, so we had no nursery, we hadn't put any of that together, part of it was superstitious, I didn't want to put it all together, <laughs> yeah, just and in case. it, you know, yeah. because then that's so sad, like, to have to take that down, or whatever, so... We had, yeah, we were just like, let's go, let's do this. Okay, wow. And then he was born, and then we brought him home. So it was really wow. half a year. That's, that is, that is really, that is really it was fast. fast. It wasn't, it wasn't, yeah. It's not like that for everybody, though. Yeah, and I think the average, average time is like a year to two years. Oh, really? Is what I, and I, we've had, we've known friends that have been over a year, like two years. We've known people that have been like six months. So um, but so, it, it's going to happen, you know, at some point it it's happen. definitely going to happen. And some of it is luck, right? And yeah. So, and some of it is also what your preferences are, which mm-hmm. we'll get into that later, but what, you know, what you are open to, um, I mean, Calvin happens to be very white, but we were open to, um, children of different, uh, races and ethnicities. And so if you're more open to different things, you will have more, um, people and and there will be more to choose from I guess is the way of putting it so yeah. it shortens your waiting period the more open you are yeah right? exactly exactly mm-hmm. ours was our length was kind of weird because the adoptions were really fast but we I mean to be, which we'll get into this as well but we did like 10 weeks of classes to mm-hmm. be licensed as foster parents and then you know it takes like for six months to get licensed and then we were fostering for six months pretty much the minute you get licensed they'll call you yeah that's what I've heard yeah it's like fast and then <laughs> we had to do get like all our paperwork done for the private adoption right. agency right. which they actually were able to use a lot of what we already had as your home study and everything mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so then so we probably we kind of started at the beginning of the year also hmm. I feel like actually no I think we started in July the previous year so it was about a year ish Mm -hmm. before we started fostering and then um so maybe like before the girls were born probably a year and a half Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like I mean our adoptions were fast but in terms of the path we took to do it it was probably about a year and a half right which is normal I think yeah yeah ours was speedy but during that time then were you communicating with um, their birth mothers did you guys talk email yeah we with since ours was open adoption um you know as well kind of throughout the process of both um you know we had a little bit of communication Maddie's birth mom was in jail mm-hmm. when she was um pregnant and um so initially I didn't meet her until she was then in a rehab facility for a while so while she was pregnant as well so she had gotten out of jail and she was um had to stay in a rehab facility so at that point 
I went with our adoption agent and met with her a couple mm-hmm. times um, before the hospital and before Maddie was born. And then with Kayla, I met her before because we actually connected her with our adoption agency. So oh, it was like backwards. backwards. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because a friend of ours um, from church had known Kayla. She was her neighbor and she was kind of her mentor. Uh-huh. And so she, when I met her, she was pregnant, like had basically just admitted she was pregnant, even though she was like five months pregnant. And she's like, okay, you know, like, can't hide this. I know, can't hide, can't hide it. And I think, um, you know, Maddie was a, a week old when we went and met with her Aww. and she hadn't been to the doctor or anything yet. Oh, wow. And so we, from the beginning, we knew, we knew her. Wow. Um, you know, and then I took her to a couple of doctor's appointments mm-hmm. and you know, you're just kind of, I always, I think like the most important thing is just being there for whatever they need, whether it's right. nothing or right. whether it's, you know, a lot because, you know, like you're allowing them to get to know you right. so that they feel comfortable with you raising their child. I mean, right. that's really what it is. It goes back to the trust yeah. thing. Yeah. So whatever they're, I mean, I know with Bethany, the minute that she picked us, it was like the most because I, I thought, well, this is our first, our very first, you know, birth mother profile that we had ever looked at. And she's not going to, this is going to take a long time. She's not going to pick us. And the agency called us in the morning, like a couple days later. And I will never forget, Scott came in and said, Tara's calling mm-hmm. the agency. And I was like, oh, she's just calling to be like, better luck next time, guys. <laughs> and I was like, hello. And she was like, she picked you. And literally just burst into like a sweat like a cold sweat and I was like I kept saying what 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 and she was like she picked you and Scott's like jumping around and looking at me and he's like what what she did and so I said well what do we do now and she said well would you like to speak to her and I said yes and so she gave us her number and we called her and that was the most and we'll have to talk to Bethany about this because it's funny because we've talked about it since but that was just like, what do you say in that phone call? Right. Like, hey, you picked me. It's not like a soccer team where no. you're like, oh, I'm on your team. Yeah, you know? it's like, wow, first of all, thank you. That's amazing. And second of all, what can we do for you? You know, like what, what you know, how can I show you how much this means to us? But um, yeah, so that was, so then we communicated mostly by email and to end some texting until he was born. And then, then she called me the morning that um, she went into labor. So we were able to get there in time for that, but yeah, it was it was um, it was good communication. We would send her pictures of our neighborhood and just I wanted her to have a, a sense of peace of mind. This is where he's physically going to be. Here's mm-hmm. what his room looks like. Here's what our house looks like. I mean, and some of that was in our portfolio, um, but I went a little bit above and beyond then once we got to know her, and it was really cool getting to know her via email because I could tell what a deep, caring. Um, loving person she really was it came across and I just thought man we are lucky Mm -hmm. really lucky yeah no definitely definitely ours is kind of interesting because we kind of did get matched with Maddie's birth mom but a friend um, one of our very good friends who will have her on an episode she was a she was a foster parent which is who we learned from of like how to get started in the process so you know after our foster baby had left we kind of took a break for a little bit and sure. we're like we really want to adopt so let's look at private adoption because then we're definitely going to be able to adopt versus like you could have 50 right. foster kids and never adopt any of them or you could have five and adopt all of them because that's how random 
you know, things go with that. So we were taking a break for a little bit. We signed on with a, um, a private agency, a very small one here in Tampa. And then in the meantime, my friend Holly was fostering a little girl and she had kind of lost touch with the birth mom, you know, here and there. Um, and so she had gotten in touch with her again because she got arrested. She was in jail, found out she was pregnant as well as HIV positive. And so Holly was like, she's choosing, she's pregnant and she's choosing private adoption. She's like, you guys, she could pick you guys. And I was like, we're in our depths of despair of right. like what happened with fostering and whatever. And I like, like, you can't get your hopes up. Yeah. And we're like, I was like, sure, whatever, but that's not going to happen. Like that's crazy. <laughs> and so, um, she ended up getting me the attorney's info who she was already signed on with an mm-hmm. agency. And so I actually did the book and paperwork like immediately and submitted it because it was going to be a very fast like presentation. And I was like, I, she's not going to pick us. I just know it. That's funny. Yeah. And so (laughs) what happened was, is this attorney who actually isn't, she's not practicing anymore. Um, she specialized in actually adopting kids from the U S to the Netherlands. I think it's so, which is so interesting because adoption, we actually were on a trip and we met a couple from the Netherlands and we, I asked them about it and they're like, yeah, because it's not a thing like foster and adoption, like isn't a thing in the Netherlands. Like they adopt from a lot of other countries. Hmm. And so it was really interesting. And so she ended up picking a family in the Netherlands, just like I thought, you know, was going to happen. And so I talked to our adoption agency about it and I was like, you know, should we stay in touch with them? Like, you know, what if she changed, what if she decides not to do that? And our adoption agency was like, you know, she, is not tied to anything. So if she changes her mind, that's totally fine. It's not going to have any ramifications on her. Mm -hmm. And so I told Holly that. And then, you know, a few days later, Holly had talked to her in prison, in jail, and she had changed her mind. And she's like, I can't do it. I can't, you know, send my baby like to another country and that kind of thing. And so our adoption attorney actually went to... Um, the mailman's here, so you're gonna hear my dog's hey, bark. Which is, it was a Roomba last time. It's yes, the mailman. Sorry, time. my dogs are it's so annoying. Everybody. Exactly. So, um, our adoption attorney actually went to meet with her in when she was in jail, and she picked us, so <laughs> which is so crazy. And it was so like I had I thought it was I had not you were like this is a long shot. yeah I was like this, this is, is not happening. Yeah. I was like it's you know this is dumb. Like why are we even applying? This is not gonna happen. Right. And then it did. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And there's a lesson there. Because yes. it can happen just like that. Yeah. So just like you said, when you when you sign on to foster and, it, and you get a child instantly, you might you might get picked pretty quickly too when you do the adoption route. Yeah. I mean, it might not be a year wait is what I'm saying. Yeah. Because had you just started there. Yeah. So had you just started there, you would have been on a real quick turnaround. Too. Yeah, exactly. So we, our foster baby left in October. Right. We did all the paperwork, signed on with an agency, and then this happened in November. Wow. So it was like a month, and then Maddie was born in February. Yeah, so not so much time So it there. was pretty fast, and then we met Evie's birth mom a mm-hmm. week after Maddie was born, oh, and wow. then Evie was born in June. Wow. So they're only four months apart, so two, like, crazy. <laughs> like, 
really fast, which I love because I I was hoping we would get matched with like twin, you know, oh, something like yeah. that. So I was like, I want twin. My sister has twins, oh, twin well, girls. Kind of yeah, and so you know, we kind the second like Evie, we agreed to it, and like we didn't know, and I was like, we didn't know the gender or anything because she hadn't been to the doctor, oh, and I was right, like, right. oh gosh, I was like, I hope it's another girl because we have everything, you know, for a girl, and it was. <laughs> so we were like, yay, you know. So it was it was def- like when I say it. It still doesn't even feel real. I know. You're, it's just like, how did, oh. there's no way, I couldn't even make that up if I tried. That's a crazy story. Yeah. I know, I agree. Even our story, which is a little bit more typical of how it usually works, thinking of her looking at different people's, different adoptive, trying to be adoptive families, I guess, um, portfolios, and picking ours out of like eight or ten of them, I was like, what? I don't, what? Like, that's insane. Yeah. But she did, and I'm so grateful she did, so... I think it's just like whatever, I mean, you know that dumb saying like, oh, whatever's meant to be like will happen. I just feel like with that, like you literally, besides like what you're, you know, submitting to your agency and mm-hmm. what they're presenting and whatever, like you literally have no control no. over any of it. it. You could go. say no. You could. But that's it. Like you can say right. yes or no, but right. you don't have any, like you don't meet with them. Like nope. you have no influence. You can't talk to them about prenatal vitamins or anything. <laughs> I'm serious because for me, like that was like a thing. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, like what? But actually we got really lucky on that because Bethany was going to the doctor and actually was taking prenatal vitamins, which is not the end. I mean, not the be all end all, but you know what I'm saying? If you were pregnant, you would probably be doing that. And so it's just one of those, wow, like that's super cool. But yeah, you have to let the control go Yeah, because you can't dictate to somebody what to do with their body when they're exactly. pregnant. So. Exactly. And I think yeah. that's, I think that's really important in, you know, for anybody who is beginning the process and starting, mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing to keep in your mind is like, you just got to roll. Like yeah. if you can't roll with it, yeah. you're going to have to do some stuff in your own life so that you can roll with whatever happens yep. because you, you know, you, you can't control you it. Can't. And if you try to, you it's will, just not going to work. No, you will, you will destroy everything if you try to control it. I yeah. feel like because you, you just, you have no say so and it isn't your child at that point. And that is something you have to keep in mind. As much as you want it to be, there's a, there's a separation there at that point in time. So, um, yeah, the control thing. Yeah, I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing. <laughs> let it go, for sure. Let it go. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so those are kind of our stories. Yeah. Of, you we'll know, get into more of it. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a lot to talk about there, especially as far as... Um, you know, the actual relationships we have, because I think we each have sort of different relationships with our children's birth mothers. Um, so I think it, it's interesting to get into that to talk about how that looks today. And so we'll give you guys some more updates on that as we go. But next week, next Monday. Yeah, we're going to start releasing episodes every Monday. We were going to do Thursdays, mm-hmm. but we released our first episode on a Monday and people are like, we want more. Try to be consistent. <laughs> yes. So we're going to release um, weekly. We're going to release yeah. a new episode. And our next one is going to be a pretty, not super, super in-depth, but a really good overview of what the process of all different types of adoptions yeah. actually entails and what it looks like. Right. Walk you kind of through that as well as um, I'd like to talk about because I think... Um, you know, it's, it's interesting about, you know, how do you decide, um, on your preferences or whatever you're going to pick as far as what you're open to and, and why you should maybe be more open than you originally planned to be. Cause that 
That's a good thing too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you all for joining us and look out for our next episode coming out soon. See you later. Bye.